Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Friday night. Feeling right. Amen. Trust the Spirit of God. I tell you, we had quite a trip in Mexico. You know, let me say something I forgot to say, and I uh, beg her pardon. She's probably not here, but I'm going to say it anyway. We, we thank God for Miss Joanne Padilla on that missions trip. She touched so many kids. Her and Breland touched so many kiddos, and mainly Joanne, though. And Breland was doing the youth and the, and the, uh, and the uh, young adults. But uh, uh, thank you, Keith and Sarah, for, for opening those doors for us. And, uh, and Miss Joanne, she just, man, she's just a fireball. I'll tell you what. Listen, you, your kids are going to be blessed to sit under Miss Joanne Padilla. I guarantee you. I mean, look at Frank. <laughs> How can you go wrong? Amen. Praise God. I think I want to go to 1 Corinthians. I don't know. No, I know where I want to go. All right. I'll be good. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 13. I don't know. I've, I've had some real experiences lately that have been uh, conducive to convincing me how serious this day and hour is. I don't think it could be any more serious. If we were standing here on December the 7th, 1941, or 9-11, 2001, or pick your date in history. We got them, we got them beat, guys. I mean, you know, the day you, the day you come to the realization that this is it, you say, what? Well, there's, there's too much overwhelming evidence. There's too much overwhelming evidence of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in which there's, if that's mentioned over 380 times, Rapture's never mentioned, but we know that before the, uh, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and everything that it, that entails can take place, the church has to be taken off the scene. Yeah. So here we, he, here we are alive in the church in these last days, and, and it presents an enormous danger to us as a people because never before has the devil been loosed on the earth like he is right now, and his restraints, I guarantee you, have been taken off. Amen. He knows his days are numbered. He has governments in his hands. He has finances in his hands. He has people in his hands all over this earth that are doing his bidding. Amen? And in the midst of it, we're having to believe God for awakenings, revival, harvest, and protection and blessings during this time so that we can not just navigate this time, that, that, so that we can uh, thrive in the midst of it and just being survivors. Well, I survived it, you know. I don't want to get a shirt that says I survived. I don't get one that says I thrived in the midst of it. Amen? We ought to get a t-shirt that says, I don't want a shirt that says, I survived it. I want my mansion that says, I thrived in the midst of it. Is that a good t-shirt? Too many words? Too many words? Oh, well. I thought about this year at, at Fall Harvest getting one, and whatever we'll, uh, we'll load, uh, a theme we come up with, you know how they do these little deals on the shoulder, on the sleeve? I'm going to have them put, Kenneth Hagin was right. <laughs> Just because. I don't know why I want to do that. Maybe because I'm ornery. Amen. <laughs> but he was. Amen. He was right. 
You say, what was he right about? He was right about what was happening right now, about all that's going on, all the enemy's trying to do. Listen, don't get pulled into it. Don't get sucked into it. And let me just say this. Continual exposure to it is magnetic. You say, what do you mean? It sucks you in. It draws you in. You know, and, 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 and things like that that draw you in, that have that power. You know, it's almost, the news media is almost running on the level of pornography. Not, not, that the, not that the, you know, you're seeing those horrible types of images, but it's having the same effect. You understand that, how pornography will draw you in. And Calf had to deal with men and pray with them and, and get them delivered from that kind of stuff. But the news and, and what's going on in the earth today is doing the same thing. Now, it's not wrong to see what's happening. It's not wrong to stay, stay up on a, a current events. That's not wrong. Amen. But, you know, there are people that are just spending their days just drinking that stuff in and then thinking, why, there's, why am I so depressed? Why am I so hopeless? It's because that's what you're drinking. So in the midst of it, the church, number one, is going to have to come alive. I mean come alive. You say, what do you mean? Come alive in the spirit. Come alive in the power of the word. Come alive in the name of Jesus and become the biblical expression of what God expects the church to be in the earth in the last days. And church, let me just throw this out there. I'm telling you the devil does not like the church. You know, here it is. We're talking about nuclear annihilation. We talk about uh, all these things that are happening. The church, no one was lined up at the church at 2 o'clock trying to get in. And no, and they weren't in any other church lined up to get in. You say, well, ain't bad enough for them yet. But listen, it has to get good enough for us to where it's bad enough for them. We're ready. Let me try that again. It has to get good enough for us to where when it gets bad enough for them, we're ready. Yeah. Amen. So they're in, they're in, uh, in John. You know, redemption, one of the best ways to do it, because when I say the word redemption, I think it, it kind of people are like, eh. the great exchange. Everybody say the great exchange. great exchange. Now, you know, if you could exchange all your stuff for better stuff, wouldn't you do it? Somebody waiting out there with a better car. You get to your house, there's a van, a big old moving van with a, with a better stove, better couch, better refrigerator. Amen? I mean, everybody likes better. But here's the thing. With what we have now, we must get better. I like what Brother John Osteen said years ago. The biggest room in your house needs to be the room for improvement. So we have to get better. You say, why? The wiles, the traps of the devil that he tries to pull, which are so subtle. They just kind of sleaze in, kind of slide in. We've taught on it. And it's amazing to me how we teach on it and teach on it and teach on it. And the devil still pulls it on people. And they fall for it. Hook, line, sinker, boat, and dock. Amen. But now this exchange begins. Now, we know God began to give his word in Genesis 3.15, talking about the seed of the woman that would bruise the head of the serpent, meaning that someone would come one day that would destroy this nasty thing that did this to to the human family and do it for the family so that the family could could, could benefit from the victory. Amen? Don't you want to benefit from the victory? So we see there in in Moses' day, there was an exchange. He... I guess felt like he had failed God. He he tried to go into the ministry with a murder. That's not the best way. Amen. So he ended up 40 years out in the Arabian desert. And uh, all of a sudden there's a bush. And it won't burn up. And a voice calls out, says, draw near. And he walks over there. And the bush says, take off your shoes from off your feet. 
For the ground where you're standing is holy. Now, I've done some study on this recently because I've taught on these things before and never really understood it as fully as I do now and really don't understand it fully now. Basically, because I have an Americanized mind and don't understand covenant, understand contract, but the best thing that I have that I can understand covenant with is my marriage that I have with my wife. We're in covenant together. And then my pastoral ministry here at Island Church, the covenant that I have with you. Amen? Now, God spoke to Moses and said, take off your shoes. Now, in the Hebrew tradition of today, so has anybody ever been to a Jewish wedding and seen how they do at the end, they throw the glass down, stomp on? This all comes from the significance of their feet, which we don't put that much significance to. I mean, we like to cut the bunions and the toenails and keep them looking good, and, and girls like to paint them nice colors and stuff like that. But in reality, we don't really think much about our feet. We put shoes on them, forget about them, and hope they can go one in front of the other. Isn't that right? But in reality, to the, to the, to the Jew, to the, to the Hebrew, to someone who understood the covenant, it was a very important, feet were a very important thing because they were places of exchange. Now with Moses, think about this. With Moses, he said, take off both your shoes. Now, a few chapters later, a few books later, Joshua, he says, take off one shoe. Amen? Now, notice, with Joshua, with Moses, it was an exchange. Who am I? I'm weak. I, I, I stutter. I, I can't speak. So the, so the strength, the grace, the courage that, that Moses needed, what happened? They're at the bush. They're at the burning bush. An exchange took place. Take off your shoes. I'm exchanging strength. I'm taking your weakness. I'm giving you my strength. I'm taking your inability, giving you my ability. Go set my people free. Go. Yeah. Off he went. Amen? Now, some 40-something years later, here comes Joshua. Now, Joshua's standing up before Jericho, the first walled city that they face. Now, he looks over against, after a series of events that took place, he looks over against Jericho and sees a man standing there with a sword like this, looking at Jericho. And he walks over to him and he says, you for me or against me? He says, I'm not here to take sides, I'm here to take over. Is exactly what he says. That's what it says in the Hebrew. I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. I am the captain of the captain of the host of the Lord. The Bible says Joshua took off what? He said, take off a shoe. Why not two? Because he's in on the first exchange. I said he was in on the first exchange. You say, why? Well, he was the servant to Moses, and he shares in the anointing of Moses, and he got all that that Moses had because the Bible says Moses laid his hands upon him, and the spirit of wisdom that was among Moses came upon Joshua. So Joshua just needs one foot to get him into the promised land. So God says, take off one shoe. Amen. Now you can go study throughout the scriptures, different ones. I like Ruth and Boaz, where he goes in, Ruth goes in and uncovers his what? His feet, which ended up in her life as a covenant act that brought her into a marriage. So you in the book of John? Let's go here for just a moment. Just for a moment. It says, let me find the verse I want to. Let's go there to verse John 13. Uh, verse 1, 2, 3. How about verse 3? Let's go there. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. What a beautiful name that is. Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper, laid aside his garment. And he took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet and, and wipe them and towel with he was girded, and with the towel which he was girded. 
Then cometh Simon Peter. Then cometh Simon Peter. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Listen, what I do, thou knowest not now. He said, Now I'm doing something now, guys, that some going to show up later, and you're going to know why it showed up, and that's because of what I'm fixing to do. Do you get that? Do you get that? All right, I want you to get it. And Peter said unto him, no, he said unto him, what I do, thou knowest not, thou, thou, know, thou knowest not now, but thou, but, but shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. So this is a pretty important deal. There's something supernatural going on here. It's just not getting feet in the water. There's something supernatural going on here. There's an exchange taking place. Everybody say exchange. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered and said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Isn't that the way we are sometimes? My goodness. And he still loves us and puts up with us. Amen. Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash but his feet. His feet. But, but is clean ever wit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, you're not all clean. So then it goes on and talks about this different different things that begin to transpire. But it's amazing to me that right there in the middle of the Last Supper, the, 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 the uh, Passover Supper, then he's fixing to go to the garden. Right Here's this foot washing deal. It's this foot washing deal. So I was around a few foot washings, and, and, I, and I really, a couple of them, I thought, okay, you know, they were kind of weird. That's kind of how I, I figured it, amen? And so uh, at tying this all together, in, in praying this week, uh, Leah and I, and she's at home recovering. God, Everybody say, God bless Pastor Leah. And uh, sometimes you don't realize uh, what it takes to, to preach the gospel. Amen. But uh, praying this week and being quiet, hearing from the Lord, hearing some things from the Lord, we know that the most dangerous days of the church are dawning on us now. The most dangerous. And... Uh, things have transpired. We even knew in our spirit some things that were going on that would come to a head and that would transpire that are going on in the church even now. And we thought, well, praise God, you know, that'll all run its course. But you know, the devil is always trying to stop God, to stop him. And I don't know, man, who is this devil that, that, that although if men and women will rise up in faith and power, he can't do it. But boy, he sure is a persistent cuss. He just keeps coming. Well, I guess, I guess if you were an eternal being stuck on a time clock, you might be a little more persistent too. But the, the, the demonic powers, the things that are happening, the Lord began to deal with me about what's, what's coming upon the earth. Now, I'm just going to say this to you because, you know, I don't get up there, you know, and I've warned the church about, you know, a lot of these prophecies, these big grandiose things that are going to happen, and they never do, but never, nobody ever goes back and says, hey, no, wait a second, you prophesied that, and that didn't happen. See, I'm that kind of person. If I prophesy something don't happen, I get on my knees, find out why. And if it wasn't God, I get up and tell everybody, wasn't God? Amen. 
But I sense the rest of this year, we must be in a preparation. Preparation mode. I think it's imperative. I hear less than too much talk radio. No, I don't. I know what the Spirit of God is saying, and I know how he's trying to protect the church. And I, when I say the church, I'm talking about the ch all of us, the church, the people in the church, us. Keep us in unity. Keep us together. Remember what I've said earlier. There's some things we're going to face. When it's only going to be the prayers of the church that's going to get us through it. Amen? So I begin to pray. The Lord begin to show some rocky, some rocky roads. Some, you know, sometimes the, sometimes the path narrows and gets a little rocky. What did Jesus say? Narrows the way. Narrows the way. And we walk, we walk that narrow way. So I was very inspired when I saw the, the, the latest uh, Jesus Revolution movie. And so I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, well, praise God, you know. And, and I, I saw how that pastor, God gave him wisdom because that church was all upset about these other people that were coming. And so he just decided to wash everybody's feet. And boy, that sure did clean up that mess. It kind of swept the floor clean, didn't it? Because it has kind of a way of doing that when it's done right, when it's done by the Holy Ghost. Now, the Lord spoke to me, actually, back while I was in Mexico, and he says, now here's what we're going to do on Friday night. And he began to show me this service, which this service has already started. We've already begun to minister to people this way. And I want to minister to you this way if you want me to minister to you. If you do not, here's what I have to say. This is a day and an hour in which you must pay very close attention to what's going on. And if you do not know a lot about the Word, it is time to get into the Word and really search with all your heart. And you don't really have to ask me or some preacher on the radio or television. Why don't you ask God to show you? Because God is in the business of showing and revealing. He's not trying to hide anything from you or anybody else. But church, this is a day and an hour in which we cannot afford to miss it. Other generations have lived and died and gone to the reward and they're living in their mansions in heaven. If we miss this, we could end up in hell forever. You say, could you lose your salvation? I can't tell you what's going to happen if you miss the rapture. And people, they're all just kind of, well, it's no big deal. It's going to happen. Thank God one guy, Brother Joe Morris, is going around teaching on it the right way. And everywhere he's going, the Spirit of God is breaking out and God is moving because God wants the church to know, you're not going to go through all this junk. I'm going to pull you out of here. But it's, 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 it's not a covenant reward. It is a reward to those who are doing what God wants them to do when he comes back. He said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? Yeah. Yeah. So I, listen, church, for 39 years I've taught the word. Everything I can study, everything I can do. Lee and I have made the decision. When I say Lee and I, it's Lee and I and Breland. We're a family. We're going all in. We're going all in. Our house is going on the market. We're going all in. You say, what do you mean? We're going all in. Yeah. Putting our house on the market. Believe in God for a breakthrough to build this building. Sure, I'm gonna buy, we'll buy another home, but we're going to take a major part of that and put it in the, in the building fund. It's time to sacrifice. Time to do what God, God calls us to do. And it's also time to get our hearts right with God. Because if our hearts aren't right with God, honey, the devil to take you out so fast. You can blink your eyes in 10 minutes. Your whole world can change. People don't think that. I'm telling you, it happens. So when I came this, this evening, I came in early. I had went to the gym today and played some badminton and came was just kind of praying all day because I knew what I had to do tonight. So when I came in, I 
I got some of them in. I brought them back and washed their feet. I got the praise team, some of them. I brought them up. I washed their feet. I'm not doing it because I saw it on a movie. I'm doing it because the Holy Ghost told me to. And he told me, he said, look here in this scripture right before this incredible spiritual paradigm change in which the Spirit of God was not going to exist on the earth only in a temple or a tabernacle made with the hands of men, but it was going to be broken out into the world and live, literally live, live, live in the hearts of men and women. And before that happened, Jesus humbled himself to the men that were with him. And I just, I don't know, I, I, I claim no credit for anything the Word does. I claim no credit for anything the Spirit does. I know I'm weak, flesh, and bone. But I have made a decision that I ain't going to miss it. And I'm not going to let any petty offense, I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Now, you may think, well, you know, that you, you ought to care about the church. I care about the church. I care about the moves of God. I care. But listen, you have to understand, there are levels of consecration the church has never gone to that, are, that, that we're being called to now. So I started crying out to God. I said, God, these people that keep coming to this building, I've seen it for years and years. Sure, they come, they come, they come. How can I make sure that what I am teaching and what I am preaching is getting into them and preparing them for what's coming? If I'm failing at preparing them, we're all going to perish. So what I have to do is very serious. You know, I, I never understood the weight of ministry until I was about 20 years into it. Let me tell you something, especially if you're in the ministry or you're going into the ministry. You better take it very seriously. And you better walk with all the integrity that God can put in your life. And here's the deal. It doesn't matter if you do or don't. People will still come at you. They will still come at you. They'll still make up things about you. They'll still talk about you. They'll still do everything they can do to tear you up. But listen, in the church, there has to be a group of people that come together in unity, that really love each other, that really care enough about each other to put up with each other in their successes and in their failures and to truly live like God's family on the earth before Jesus comes and gets us. Well, it has to start at the top. It has to start with me. So I'm, Doc, I've kind of instructed him on what to do, some of the other ushers. But I, as your pastor, want to wash your feet tonight. And I want to pray over you. And each one of you, that I feel like I have failed. You don't understand. You go through your problems I go through all your problems. I bear them all. If I didn't have the grace of the ministry, I couldn't do it. People that I've lost, I take it personally. I don't grieve. People are too valuable to lose. And all this premature death, we've been crying out in the prayer room for you that haven't been coming, against death. You have to pass over Island Church. You're not stealing any more of us prematurely. People take things that are spiritual so lightly. You have to take it so seriously because these are the last days. And I don't want to be somewhere in front of you 
in eternity. And you say, I wish you'd have told me that. I wish you'd have ministered that to me. So I'm doing this for myself and for you tonight. Number one, after I wash your feet, I want you to know there's nothing between you and me. If there is, we'll get it, we'll get it right in that water right there. Amen? I'll initiate it. I'm not afraid. Listen, I'm not afraid to serve God and put my pride down and put all this other garbage that tries to dry, uh, get up in your life and cause the anointing to and cause people not to be excited about what's going on. We ought to be the most glorious, joyous people on the earth jumping off and down. Even if there's no presence of God, no power of God, we ought to be celebrating the fact that Jesus just let us be alive at this time just to be a witness to what's going on. Much less to live in it and affect its outcome. It's pretty serious. I have to take it pretty serious. So, Doc, have you got it figured out? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take two pans of water that I want to, excuse me, that I want to, let me back up over here. That I'm going to put, let's put it right here so that this, I'm going to keep my mic on. I'm going to put two right here, and I want people that want to come. I want to wash your feet. And I'm going to put one over here, guys. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to put one over here. And this is for you. And if you feel like there's anybody in this church you need to wash their feet, you do it tonight. And you get it right. You get it right with God. You get it right with them. You cannot play games with God anymore. Can't do it. This is real. This is the real thing. I, I, I never felt the intensity of the Spirit like I did when, I, when we were in Mexico in just recognizing and realizing what's going on in the Spirit realm, how active it is. It's act, act, absolutely active right now. And, and it'd be great if it was all the Spirit of God. It'd be great if it was all the Holy Ghost. But there's so much of it that's demonic. And Jesus said of these days, there'll never be anything. None that were behind us are like it. And none that we'll experience before will be like these days. And if we're not ready in our hearts, in our minds, where you know you're right with God and you're not playing games with God and you have, you have yeah, we say give your life, but there is that level of consecration when you say, Lord, that's it. What do you require of me now at this time in history? What do, you say, Pastor, people will like this. They'll leave the church. What can I do? I can't keep you here anyway. Only God can do that. I've got to obey God and do what God's called me to do. Amen. We're going to take it serious. Guys, can we worship God? Let's worship God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.